Hello and welcome to the Raw Central podcast from rawcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, news editor. I'm Monique Blocks, the assistant editor. And I'm Brittany Barger, the deputy editor. And usually at the beginning of August at rawcentral.co.uk, we expect to be fairly quiet. You know, maybe a few articles about people being photographed officially as they begin their holidays. But usually we're going, what are we going to put on the site? We need some good feature ideas. We need some good series ideas. Not this week. The first week in August has been quite possibly one of our busiest weeks all year. Big royal news from Spain, plus happy royal news from Denmark. We'll come to that in a moment. And also we're looking ahead to a very big royal birthday in the UK, which comes up in the next few days. But should we go back to Spain to begin with? Um, Because, as you do, the king, the former king of the country, has gone into exile, which Mm. is perhaps just as dramatic as it sounds. Mm. Definitely. Um, Self-imposed exile, technically. He, He left before anyone could really force him out which we all suspected was coming um but he wrote that letter to his son king felipe the sixth um telling him that he was leaving because he loved spain and little did we know he was already gone yeah and now we don't know where he is (laughs) yeah that's become our latest game so this is august the 3rd 2020 the spanish royal household released a letter from king juan carlos the first to King Felipe VI, in which King Juan Carlos said he was going to live outside of Spain for this period of time. He didn't really put a time scale on it, but the presumption mm-hmm. is it is a longer stay away from Spain, probably a permanent stay yeah. away. And he said he was aware that previous issues in his personal life were beginning to cast a shadow over the modern monarchy. So Juan Carlos, who ruled Spain for 40 years, is gone. Yeah. Just like that. And he'd gone, like you say, before we found out he had gone. He had already left the country by the time the letter became public. Yeah, that was probably very smart. Yes, because otherwise it wouldn't have been quite so easy to slip away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially when there were politicians calling to take his passport. So it was smart. I think there were rumours that he was driven into Portugal. Yeah. yeah. I think at some this- point. This is our latest game, isn't it, every day? Where is King Juan Carlos? At the moment, on Saturday, we're talking on Saturday, the 8th of August, um, one Spanish newspaper is saying he's on his way to New Zealand. Another is saying that he's in Saudi Arabia. We've heard Mm. in the past few days that he's in Portugal or the Dominican Republic. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. So the truth is no one really knows where he's disappeared to. But it's got all the monarchical drama a former king leaving his country in self-imposed exile, which does sound like something out of a medieval history book, but it's set against a very modern political crisis. So if we just rewind a bit, Juan Carlos's money has been in the news for quite a while. In fact, all of Spain's royal family, their financial dealings have been major news for the best part of a decade, really. Now, if we go back mm-hmm. to Juan Carlos's daughter, Infanta Cristina, and her husband, Iñaki, it was it was about 10 years ago, wasn't it, that rumours about their financial mismanagement first started to appear and kind of the cracks in what was a hugely popular monarchy began to widen because there's no doubt about it, for most of the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, Spain was probably the most popular monarchy within its own country in the whole of Europe. Mm. And probably due to Juan Carlos because he really is credited with bringing back the monarchy in Spain, but, you know... Now he's gone, and what will that mean for Spain now? Not only did he bring the monarchy back to Spain, but 
he, I mean, he pulled a fast one on Francisco Franco. Franco mm. thought he was going to carry on his his fascist dictatorship, and once Franco had died and Juan Carlos was made king, he helped bring in democracy for, mm. for Spain, and that was major, and I think that's why for so long he was so well-liked and was such a popular monarch, and it's really sad mm. to see how far he's far has fallen. But yeah. I think what's interesting as well is that this has become really a reflection of Spain at the moment, because reading some of the reactions and comments, the older generation certainly over the last few days, yes, there's lots of acknowledgement that really these clouds over his finances are clouds, but a lot of people of that older generation in newspaper comments, when you see them kind of at the end of articles, have said he did save Spain. He he yeah. brought democracy. He he turned it into a vibrant economy. Of course, the economy went very, very wrong about 10 years ago as well. But he brought so much to Spain. We mustn't forget that. We mustn't let this be his only legacy. However, the younger generation, yeah. fortunately, don't remember what life was like before. So anyone born post-1978, really, has only ever known democracy and that's quite a big chunk of the population and so in some ways the flight of Juan Carlos has kind of become a battle for the future of Spain because as you said there are political ramifications of this the politicians haven't kept quiet they've they started talking about this before he went and now he's gone there's further friction between political parties over what should happen next Mm. and what happens to the monarchy in the future I think I don't think that it should be forgotten what Juan Carlos did do for Spain when he first became king. I think that's important for Spain's history. But you also can't forget what's happened in the more Last recent decades. past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to take everything into account. You know, you of course you can't forget the the good somebody does, but you also can't just let that wipe out any any ba- anything bad that they've also done, if that makes sense. Mm. I suppose we should say at this point that King Juan Carlos, as of August the 8th, 2020, hasn't been charged with anything and he hasn't been found guilty of anything. These are all allegations and investigations. And the one at the moment that's really making headlines is an allegation that he received money as a result of a rail contract and that that money was then hidden away in bank accounts somewhere else. So that's what's being looked into at the moment. Um, and we know that Iñaki Dangarin is still in prison. He was found guilty. Infanta Cristina was found not guilty of all charges. So we'll get the legal bit out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but then we look at him as kind of a moral character. And he himself said in that statement that things that he's done in the past are casting a shadow and causing difficulties. But the difficulties are in the present and in the future, because one of the questions that arises out of all of this is can the Spanish monarchy survive without Juan Carlos? Or was he so central to it and so central to the creation of the modern constitutional monarchy in Spain that without him, they'll look to another model? Well, obviously, obviously as a monarchist, I, <laughs> I hope Spain uh, retains the monarchy, but um, I think it's it's... I think it's good that he went and that hopefully things will calm down a bit now. But I don't know, Spain's always been a little bit unstable for my taste and perhaps this is what tips it over the edge. 
I mean, I hope not, but who knows? Yeah, I think it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think yeah. the next few months are going to be very, very difficult. So at the moment, King Felipe and Queen Letizia have just arrived in Mallorca with their two daughters, with Princess Leonor and Infanta Sofia, for their traditional holidays there. And usually this is where we go, oh, yes, a story we can actually do on Royal Central because there'll be a press <laughs> for yeah, for And they'll yeah. go off to a little museum somewhere or they'll walk along the cliffs and it'll look very pretty. But it's usually a puff piece, isn't it? This is usually just a nice, easy PR call for the Spanish royals. They're in Mallorca for 10 days and it's going to be hard, isn't it, this time round? because there's going to be so much interest, so much focus on them. I have to say, I do feel slightly sorry for the girls. Leonor will be 15 in October. Sophia has just turned 13. They're under a huge amount of scrutiny. I felt for them a few weeks ago when they went with mum and dad um, on one of their visits. They went off and saw um, the Roman architecture and went to an opera in the evening. And I felt they both looked far shyer than we've seen them in recent times because they must be aware of how everybody is scrutinizing everything. Mm. Yeah, they're at an age right now that they're really aware of what's going on around them. So I, I bet they're all very well informed of what's going on and what the consequences might be for their future, especially. Mm-hmm. And with Leonor being the future queen, you know that they're keeping, that she's already in her mm. queen training. So she's seeing what's going on with Spain, with the political situation. So, she definitely knows what's going on because they've said in the past that they've already begun talking to her about the government and what goes on on a daily basis. Back when everything was going on in Catalonia, they they said that they explained that to her, you know, made sure she knew everything that was going on. So you know that this same situation is also being discussed. And it must be hard for them because, as we said earlier, the flight of a king into exile has got, it sounds like a film, doesn't it? It's a drama. Mm. It's kind of like a really, the beginning of a really good book. And now the focus is on, will Felipe survive the summer? Will he end up going into exile? But it's at that point you remember that actually these are human beings involved in the whole situation. So Juan Carlos is in a bit of a mess. At the same time, he's left the place he called home for almost 60 years. We know it's not homeless. We know he's not kind of, you know, gathering together what euros he can find and finding himself a hotel room. He is probably living a very luxurious life. However, that emotional wrench of parting with your home Mm. is difficult. But when you when you then think, well, we're going, oh, will will the modern family go into exile? That would mean a 13 year old and a 14 year old possibly leaving their homes. And that must be a huge worry for them and for their parents. Mm-hmm. And grandparents, uh, Queen Sophia is still is still there. She didn't go into exile with Juan Carlos, and she's seems to be a very devoted grandmother. Um, she's also in Mallorca with Felipe and Leticia and all of them. So, um, you know, she has to be very worried about her grandchildren, and at least she's there with them around. You know, they can spend time together and maybe discuss what the future holds Mm. yeah because it is going to be it's going to be a tricky future on wednesday this week um if i was any good at counting i would say what the date is possibly the 12th of august not (laughs) quite sure um but anyway that's going to be a really interesting day because part of the mallorcan holiday is the prime minister of spain comes along and they the king and the prime minister have a little chat and then you see them on the steps of the maravent palace and then that's that done for another year Felipe with Pedro Sanchez since Juan Carlos went into exile 
since all the political rows really ramped up, it's, it's going to be intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. You might be able to cut the tension with a knife. Yeah, will we get a stare down, perhaps? <laughs> be some lovely photos. Yeah. <laughs> And you'll see it all on royalcentral.co.uk, along with plenty of analysis and focus on what happens next, because we really don't know, do we? It could go either way. Mm. History is definitely in the making at the moment. It is. And we'll watch it all unfold on the site. But also some happy news on the site this week, because at the end of July, the Danish royal family um, had a very scary time when Prince Joachim of Denmark was rushed to hospital. He had a blood clot on his brain. He was staying in France with his family. They're at the Chateau de Cai, which belongs to the Danish royal family. And Joachim was rushed into hospital with a blood clot. But good news this week because he's now recovering very well. Yeah. Yeah, he's had brain surgery, I believe. And it appears that he has no uh, physical uh, remnants of the blood clot. So that's good. It could have been a lot worse, I guess. Yeah, because you never really know with these things. And he's so young, too. He's like 51 or so, so... Yeah, he's 51, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's good that they rushed him to hospital quickly and got him help. And he has finally been released from the hospital, so he's yeah. recovering now at home. I just, I just wonder what it's going to mean for his job. I believe he was supposed to start in early September... Like a military attaché job, but I yes. guess that won't. No, he's going to need to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he was going to be Denmark's military attaché in Paris, wasn't he? So that's why the family was spending so much time in France. He'd gone to train, and then they were having their holiday at the Chateau de Caille. So that's where he was on July the twenty fourth when he fell ill, and he yeah. just given an interview as well, hadn't he? Because it was his second son's big birthday, Prince yeah. Philip eighteen, just a couple of days before, and then Joachim was rushed to hospital, first of all, in Cahors and then to Toulouse, where they did the operation. But he is now at home with Marie and their children. Yeah, so that's good. But it's been a scary time. It is a worry. He's sixth in line to the throne, so obviously there weren't going to be any major constitutional implications should things not have gone quite as well. However, it's a big worry for the family, a big worry for Queen Margaret, who's just turned 80 and is in Denmark and with the coronavirus restrictions, just not even able to hop on a plane and see how our little boy is doing. Mm-hmm. And it was it was only just a couple of years ago that she lost her husband, too. So um, I believe he had dementia. So you know that there's worries with Henrik having dementia and now their son having um, the blood clot on the brain and everything that all things could somehow be related and that he might follow the same path of his father. So you know she's she's been sick with worry there in Denmark and like you said she can't she can't travel to see him. So it is it's difficult but a happy yeah, happy resolution. So he he came out of hospital earlier this week. And he'll no doubt stay recovering in the Chateau de Caille for several weeks because, as you said, Monique, this is going to take a lot of time to get over. The blood clot needed surgery, which means it was obviously quite serious, mm. but they seem to have caught it at the right time. But again, at the age of 51, like you mentioned, Brittany, you, you kind of really want to know why it's happened because it's a very yeah. young age for something as serious as this to strike. Yeah, could be a recurring problem as well. So 
let's hope it's not something like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll be following that, but hopefully an easier summer what's left of it for the Danish royal family because they're always one of the families that help us out in August they have their holidays a bit earlier they start usually at the end of June don't they so by the middle of August they're back on duty so we might begin to see them getting a bit busier in the in the following weeks one person we probably won't see actually on a very special day itself because that's not really her style but we're going to hear a lot about Princess Anne in the coming days as well because on August the 15th 2020 princess anne only daughter of the queen and the duke of edinburgh is 70 yeah it's a big birthday yeah yeah and of course the the way her uh personality is i don't want the fuss you can imagine (laughs) i'm surprised she agreed to do the uh the uh, documentary i guess me too yeah (laughs) because she's so low-key usually but i really like watching it it was really fun i liked her comments yeah I wouldn't go on Twitter if they paid me, frankly. (laughs) She's just so honest, and you have to love the fact that she is so honest. Yeah. But it is loved, isn't it? Because she's she's enjoying a real renaissance. I mean, obviously, she's been working. She's been working role for over 50 years, and she does work. We know she does around 500 engagements at least every year mm-hmm. on top of all the research and that's what came out of that ITV program as well wasn't it that she really spends hours looking to everything she isn't just turning up and smiling this is an integral part of her life if she takes on an organization or a charity she absorbs everything and she she becomes a big part of it too so she's been really really hard working but often it's been under the radar whereas at the moment everybody loves Anne again <laughs> possibly because of some of those off-the-cuff comments. So I thought what was interesting about that program was it kind of it was very like Anne herself. There was no kind of delving in depth over anything. It was no, not going on Twitter. Thank you very much. No, don't like this. You're the princess royal. Yes. It was all very <laughs> march along and practical. And that's why it was so easy to watch because it moved very yeah. quickly, wasn't it? There was no kind of laboring over points. It was just here's me doing this job, here's me doing that job. And it was really interesting. I also enjoyed the little tidbit uh, when she talked about her grandchildren, uh, when it was talking about the the usual, um, well, they're not having it this year, obviously, because of COVID, but the little, um, not the fair, but the, um, oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Gatcom Park, where she has the horse trial. She's run the Thank you, the horse trial. Yes, I could not think of the word for it. <laughs> I'm American. We don't have those. <laughs> um and she was talking about you know her her granddaughters and how they had had to be homeschooled because of the pandemic and how she thought oh I'll help homeschool them because they all live so close by and she was going to teach them outside like she learned you put your hand in the mud or whatever it was that she said I haven't seen hide nor hair of them with that suggestion (laughs) I mean she I mean I can just no kid is going to want to go out there and learn that way they'd rather nowadays sit at the computer play on their ipad it it's a different generation yeah (laughs) something tells me she might have gotten them outside and we just don't know it yeah i don't think she took no for an answer did she but it was it it was a lovely and what also came through is something that maybe we don't hear it much about with Anne, is that she is genuinely popular you could see how much her kids adore her you could see how much the grandkids mean to her and what they mean you know that whole family relationship but you could also see 
the huge interest that she takes in absolutely everybody she meets because I mean for so for so long she was you know people talk now about royal rivalries but I can remember I mean I wasn't that old but I do remember back in the 80s there was all this talk about Diana versus Anne they were you know there is a natural tendency to set up rivalries real or imagined between royals in particular royal women but as a consequence Anne be kind of kind of became this kind of cold figure didn't she we didn't mm. think her as emotional at all but what you see is she really takes an interest in the people that she meets yeah she would have made a good queen i think oh she would yeah mm-hmm. definitely and it's bizarre isn't it with our well at least it's changed now but here in the uk of the four of them she was the least likely to succeed yeah yeah she was behind all her she she is still behind all three of her brothers yeah so luckily they've got rid of, gotten rid of that. <laughs> yeah, because it does seem, it, when you see someone like Anne, you can see why yeah. systems like that are so ridiculous. It is the luck of the draw. Hereditary mm-hmm. monarchy is the luck of the draw. Mm. And if you're born first, and fortunately now in most countries, it doesn't matter whether you're a boy or a girl, but if you're born first, you get the job regardless of whether you're the best person for it. Mm-hmm. let's face it that is faintly ridiculous we all love monarchies but you do kind of think <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you've got to take a big chance but then as you were saying Brittany earlier on about Leonor the training begins very early on so obviously Charles had all of that but it wasn't so much of a focus for Anne, and yet she's kind of risen like cream to the very top and she she would make a fantastic queen yeah. But she was the spare for so many years so she was trained to a certain extent if mm-hmm. something were to have happen god forbid to charles when they were younger and andrew and edward hadn't come along i mean she you know so they did have to train her as the spare for a good a good amount of years so she has had some sort of training but not to the extent obviously that charles has had with the dookie of cornwall and um everything obviously that he he's with now but she had she did have a little bit yeah i think she took it very seriously Oh, I think she takes everything very seriously, doesn't she? And I think what was interesting in that programme as well, they talked about how she asked to go to school when she was 13, so that's 1963. She decided to leave the palace walls when there was another spare in place because Andrew was in place by then. Edward arrived the following year. So that kind of, that strong-willed determination and her decision to go her own way was probably evident even then. Yeah, yeah. And it appears Zara has inherited that as well. Yeah, Zara's quite feisty, isn't she? <laughs> Which is a good thing. Everyone needs a Zara in the royal family with a tongue piercing at one point. And... <laughs> oh, do you remember the days when tongue piercing was the, the worst scandal that they could come up with for the royal family? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> if only we could go back to those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all they had to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> but they've got lots to celebrate this week because it is going to be a celebration for Anne, even though the birthday girl herself will probably just put her head down and bark at anyone that dares to wish her a happy birthday. But it is a lot to celebrate. It's a milestone birthday for anybody, but she has had a pretty stellar royal career. And in many ways, she has been a bedrock of the House of Windsor because she's just kept on keeping on through all of the scandals, all of the trouble. She's seen it come and she's seen it go so many times she just keeps doing what she does and it pays dividends because people do respect her definitely Mm -hmm. 
and I'm, I have enormous respect for her because of her work with MND, which is ALS in the U.S., and you all know how important that is for me. So the fact that she obviously cares enough about that disease and Dory's awareness means a lot to those people that have been impacted by the disease, and that that is the same for any of the charities that she works with. Yeah, she really does make sure that she understands everything going on, doesn't she? And she really, like we said, she just becomes a part of it and it becomes as important to her as she can possibly make it. Mm-hmm. So there'll be lots about Anne and her work with charities like MND um, on the site over the coming days as we build up to her big birthday. So if you head to rollcentral.co.uk, you'll find it all there, as well as on our social media and Instagram, royal.central, and we will have another podcast for you very soon. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye. Thank you, bye. Thank you, bye-bye.